And we are live. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Coming to you live a little later than normal, but we'll explain in a bit. But it's all right. We're here for you because how can we not be here for you on a night like this where the Toronto Raptors win my 30 points? I know. 30 points. Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Raptors win 132 to 102 against the Washington Wizards. Big win for the Toronto Raptors. Let's dare I say a late Christmas gift for Raptors fans, those who celebrate, of course. But a holiday season gift. Something to cheer for for the Raptors fan base that's been going through it a little bit here. So why not? Have something to celebrate as your Raptors come out with a big-time victory against the Washington Wizards. And let's be honest, let's be honest for the people that are going to be like, oh, it's the Wizards, it's the Wizards. I don't really think Raptors are in a position to be taking anyone for granted these days. So you take the wins where you can get them. You take the wins when you can get them by 30 points. Because, hey, it's not that often you get to do that. So you lay the smack down when you can. Big win for the Raptors. Big night here for the pod. Those people listening to the podcast afterwards, whether you're on Apple or Spotify, first off, huge shouts to you for liking and subscribing and following the pod. We appreciate that. But those people, you know, this won't be a little, it won't be that different for you because you're in your vibe listening to it as you normally would. But for the people that, you know, lingering around here, it's just after midnight on the East Coast here, um, live. We're streaming live. I know normally we stream live right after the game, but hey, some things come up. Work happens. I'll explain in a bit, but we had to get this podcast in at some point, and why not do it tonight? Because I know Raps fans are still up. Raps fans are still hype, and those people waiting on the pod, normally you'll get it in your normal spot anyways. But for my late night people that might be listening to this podcast live, as always, send in your comments and questions because we're always here after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find us on Instagram and on YouTube at Canada Hoops Daily. Same thing goes for the app formerly known as Twitter at can hoops daily that's how you can interact with the show send in your comments and questions tell us how you feel about the toronto raptors getting a big dub here just after the christmas break and i mean it's the washington wizards you're talking about jordan Poole. you're talking about kyle kuzma but reality is this isn't about the washington wizards the reality is where this raptors team was the last time we saw them This whole game is just about the Toronto Raptors because it wasn't looking good. They blew a massive lead to the Utah Jazz. Right when you thought things, you know, the mindset or the mind frame of the whole fan base couldn't be worse, the Raptors mess around and blow, what was it, a 17-point lead to the Utah Jazz? So things couldn't be worse. Have some time to think about it. Have some time to regroup. And they come out tonight as mentioned, with a massive win, and we're going to go through it. But let's let's say this first off, right? The big talk, as always, has been about the starting lineup. And Darko has been looking stressed 
every single day for like the last couple weeks because he's getting peppered with questions about changing the starting lineup. And I thought after the Utah game, seemed like he finally had enough with the questions, not that they ever stopped, but he reached a boiling point where he mentioned the fact that he doesn't have Steph Curry coming off the bench. It's not like Steph Curry sitting there and he should put in Steph Curry because that's going to solve all the problems, right? So that to me showed that he was, you know, patience was wearing thin, answering the same questions each and every day. But deeper than that, deeper than that, because obviously the Steph Curry clip, that's a highlight. That's the clickbait. That's what gets everyone, you know, everyone's attention. But dig a little deeper to what he was saying. And I actually agreed with him. He was saying it isn't about the starting lineup. It isn't about who starts or who's coming off the bench. What this is really about is that when you do touch the floor, are you committed to doing the things that the team needs you to do to win? That's hustle. It's playing with heart. It's playing defense first and foremost. And then that's sharing the ball, playing team basketball, right? And he he mentioned the fact that you blew a lead, but all of the players involved had a part in that lead being blown. So it wasn't about this person should be starting, this person should be ending. It's just about when you play, put in work. Now, all that said, a little break happens. Raps have a little practice, some shoot around, and you come back around here. And you see that Gary Trent Jr. entered the starting lineup, Dennis Schroeder out of the starting lineup. And this was what a lot of people were talking about, right? This is what a lot of people wanted to see. All of the analytics people, all the people who came into training camp covering the team, thinking that this would be the projected starting lineup. Because, you know, you would as I think most people figure these are their five best players, meaning. Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, OG, Siakam, and Jakoperto, right? And the big thing was everyone was so focused on Scotty Barnes running the offense, Scotty leading the offense. We obviously saw that last year, and it didn't really work. If we're being honest, this was where the Raps got off to a tough start, Fred playing more off the ball. But with no Fred, the thought process was, well, it's Scotty's time. We're going to hand over the keys to him and we're going to ride or die with that because that's going to be the future anyways. So here we are, right? This is what game 30 of the season. So getting the chance to see exactly what this means in terms of Scotty Barnes, Scotty, the point guard. And let's hey, night one, 20 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, a big time win. Cool. But again, the Raptors won this game, and it's not because they changed their starting lineup. That's not why they won this game. They came out and played with an intensity, and they came and played out, played with a focus, and played the style of basketball that for this team to be successful, that's how they played. They played the style they needed to play that you know Darko's been yearning for for what Masai wants and that is playing defense getting turnovers turning your defense into offense getting out running the floor and and just out hustling the other team right Washington is not a good team but again it's not about Washington it's about the style of play and the commitment to defense that Darko has been asking for this team to see and I, and I think you got that throughout the game and it, let's be honest, it wasn't even about the starting lineup because, you know, to start the game, the Wizards were pretty hot to start the game. I think of the first 12 shots, they hit nine of them. 
right? And and that first go is against the starters, right? It's against the Raptors starters who I think they were outscored by eight points. But that first starting lineup, it wasn't until Dennis Schroeder came in with the second unit, a different second unit, I might add, that the Raptors closed that first quarter on a 15 to one run. Now, mention the change in the in the rotation as well, right? Dennis Schroeder, Otto Porter Jr., Chris Boucher, and Jalen McDaniels coming in. And McDaniels, you know, they talked about the fact that he's had a really good run the last few weeks in practice and it earned getting more minutes, right? Getting more minutes ahead of Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn, right? So that's the interesting other wrinkle. So, so much focus is going to be about who's starting, but also very important is who are the guys that came off the bench? What does that new rotation look like with Dennis Schroeder leading that second unit, but with Chris Boucher and Otto Porter and McDaniels? And the thing that I find interesting, you're able to play those guys because I think Dennis Schroeder is, he's a vet. You trust him to run an offense. You trust that he can, you know, he's going to manage the touches for those guys coming off the bench. Because even with Malachi playing the backup point guard spot, you are still going to rely on Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam or even Dennis in in small bits, right? But you're going to rely on the other starter to run that offense. It wasn't going to be just the Malachi Flynn show, right? Malachi was going to get his touches. He was going to do his thing, but it wasn't like he had total control of that bench unit. And that is the interesting part of moving Dennis Schroeder into the, the second unit. Because I think at the end of the day, right, when you look at that and Dennis Schroeder is able to say, all right, well, I'm going to lead this team. I'm going to lead this bench unit. He's still going to play pretty much the same amount of minutes as he was playing before. But now he knows he has to play a structured point guard game. And he had 10 assists in this game. And I think that that is a very important part. So we can focus in on, hey, who starts and, and all the changes. But like that, again, it's not like the Raptors got off to some great start and that's why they won this game. Because if we go back to Utah, they got off to a good start. They were up by 17 points and they blew that game. So that wasn't about starters. It's about managing the minutes in between, right? So I think the Raptors offense, if we, if we look at it from that perspective and we talk about what Gary Trent Jr. does provide in that starting lineup, I think it's, it's minutes that you're putting an added shooter on the floor because OG, for the most part, plays that role of the shooter beside Pascal and Scotty Barnes and Jakob Pertl, right? Three decent shooters. And I mean, hey, Scotty Barnes is on a crazy, crazy pace. Pretty sure he either matched or is one behind his three-point made total for all of last season. 30 games in this season, he's already made as many threes as he did last season. That's in insane. So follow me here, what I'm saying though. Scotty is has done a great job in elevating his three-point shooting, right? The numbers are crazy, but he's still not what you would deem a three-point shooter yet. But putting Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup alongside OG allows more options for the Raptors offense for guys like Pascal and Scotty who like to drive the lane and have options to kick out 
you know, you can't really sag as much as you would off of Dennis Schroeder, right? On a Scotty Barnes drive or on a Pascal drive. And we know Yak isn't really a shooter, but Yak can, you know, find those guys on the off ball swing. So it's, it's adding another shooter. That's really going to highlight the strengths of your best players, i.e. Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. So it's super interesting, super interesting, right? Gary Trent coming into the starting lineup. Obviously, he's getting to play with better players. Obviously, for him, the highlight is also the fact that he's going to get better looks, right? Like Pascal and Scotty, they're going to command so much more attention that if you're Gary Trent Jr., you're going to get better looks than you were getting in majority of bench minutes that you were playing with like Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua. Right. So it all makes sense. Like you, you understand how it works, but overall, I'm going to keep repeating this because I think it's the bigger point overall. If this team doesn't play defense and turn their defense into offense, they're going to just lose a bunch of games. So that's the reason they won this game by 30. Right. I thought the defensive intensity and as mentioned, Hey, if the three points, three pointers go in for the wraps. They're going to win. If they don't chances are they're going to lose. Tonight they shot, I want to say 40% from three. Did I have that right? Yeah, 39.5% from three. So, hey, they won. Trent Jr. coming off the bench with 12 points, four of 10 from the floor, three of eight from three, right? That's, that's, that's what you want. You want the added shooting there that you're getting from Gary. Uh, the Raptors in that first half, they had 22 assists on their 24 field goals made. That, again, just shows the great style of play, the unselfish nature, but also the fact that you run the highlights of this game, there's a lot of layups, there's a lot of transition points, there's a lot of fast break points, and again, that's just how this team is going to play. They're going to be just a way better team when they're getting out on the break, they're getting out and running, they're getting easy baskets in transition. That's going to be huge for this Toronto Raptors team. And they were able to do it. I mean, you win by 30. Largest lead was 31. That's crazy. But fast break points, as mentioned, Raptors had a 28 to 8 advantage in this game in terms of fast break points. You're going to put in work if that's the case. You had 62 points in the paint, right? Again, that's getting easy baskets. And as mentioned, for overall, they had 43 assists in this game, which I'm pretty sure the second time this season they've had over 40 assists, which is a crazy stat, by the way. But 43 assists on 52 made field goals. Again, that style of play, it all translates. Because the more you're able to get defensive stops and get out and run, the more you're going to get transition opportunities when you're getting transition opportunities you're talking layups you're talking assists right that's the style of play that this team has to have regardless of who they're playing against and that's what i mean like we can talk about hey it's the washington wizards and listen coming up you're playing you got a back-to-back against boston and detroit so if you're the Raps, you just got to focus in on how you play. Forget about who's in the other jersey, but you have to, this is on tape now. You get to see how you are successful. What are the things that you did to be successful? And now you have to replicate that night in, night out. 
Uh, yeah, mentioned the 22 assists in that first half. Barnes and Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, pardon me, had 13 of those, uh, 13, 13 of the 22 assists in that first half. And if we go to the whole game and we're talking assists, Schroeder, uh, Schroeder had what? 10 assists. Scotty Barnes had eight assists, right? That's a pretty good number right there. And if you add up your, the people who handle the ball the most, so you're talking Pascal Siakam, who had 11 assists in this game, Scotty Barnes, who had eight assists in this game, and Dennis Schroeder, who had 10 assists in this game. Like, that's what? 28, 29 assists. It's pretty good. It's pretty good by your peoples who you entrust in your ball handling duties. And Pascal, Pascal had a really good game. Pascal Siakam, I feel like, you know, the way that Pascal Siakam has been talked about this season, to me, it's kind of like, you know, it's not that he gets dissed, but I feel like he's almost a forgotten man, you know, because he's the guy who's the in-between. He's like the last real link you have to the championship, right? Because remember, uh, OG didn't really play on that championship team. Chris Boucher didn't really play on that championship team. And Fred and Nick Nurse obviously are gone. Right. So you look at that and you think, okay, so Pascal Siakam's that in between guy, the last link to the championship, but he's still here, which means he could still be a part of your future. And if that's the case, you know, people people are, are so focused on Scotty Barnes and what Scotty Barnes means instead of being like, okay, well, Pascal's still here. And you know what? He's still pretty good. <laughs> right. He's still pretty good. Pascal Siakam tonight has mentioned 22 points on a super efficient, super efficient 22, six and 11 for Pascal. But I mentioned the efficient shooting nine of 15, pretty solid. O of two from three, but keeping the three point attempts down. I like that. I like that a lot because he's at, at his best going downhill. He's at his best getting out on the break. And I think that part of it now, right? When you move Dennis to the second unit, you're trusting Pascal and Scotty. You can get more transition opportunities because now they don't have to think, they don't even have to pretend to think that when they get a rebound, they don't have to look around for the point guard. They can just push the ball and just go. And we've seen Pascal, when he doesn't have to think, he can just go. That's when he's playing at his best. So I think, you know, all in all, you take the dub, 132-102. You, you enjoy it. You know, the, your, your Christmas meal is probably still feeling nice off your Christmas meal. Things are still feeling good. You take that dub and you move on and you keep it moving. Because I think the wraps, you, there's a, so many positives and obviously you won by 30. But I think, you know, your bench minutes, there's so many interesting things to pay attention going forward. Obviously, you assume they're going to keep the same lineup and same rotation, but Chris Boucher and Otto Porter Jr. and McDaniels getting those minutes. Precious didn't play in the whole first half. Malachi got didn't get a lot of minutes in this game period as well. You know, and it's like, okay, there's some interesting things happening. Only five minutes, you know, like 
and that was late, probably garbage time for Malachi Flynn in this one, right? And I think that those are interesting subplots to look at going forward. The other interesting thing I want to talk about, though, is, you know, the reason I do kind of like the changes being made is because it could provide a wake-up call. You know, you don't want the team to become accustomed to losing. Not that, you know, they don't want to win. Obviously, they want to win. Obviously, they're trying to win. That's not what I mean. But you don't want them to become too familiar with that losing feeling. You want your players to feel like there's some level of competition. And also, you know, I want to give some credit to a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, you could tell he wants to start still, right? Darko did not want to make this change. We've talked about it before on this pod. They're boys, right? Darko coached Dennis in OKC. But also, we talked about it before. Dennis's comments on the Raptors show when asked about making the changes. And he said, you know, do you just make changes now? I think it's a matter of waiting for people to buy in. We haven't fully all bought in. And until everyone buys in, you can't really look at everything and say, hey, let's make a bunch of changes. Well, they made a bunch of changes. And I think that he needs to be applauded for this much. You know he doesn't want to go to the bench. And shouts to Alvin. I wish I could remember how Alvin phrased it because it was such a Jedi mind trick. It was something to the effect of there's a difference between getting benched and moving to the bench. I don't know if I'm phrasing that correctly, but that was essentially it. <laughs> I just think that's some great wording there. But the point is, Dennis, you're moving from the starting lineup to the bench. Nobody who's played basketball wants to do that, right? You, Everybody wants to hear their name called before the game starts. Everybody wants that. But in this instance, Dennis moves to the bench and he handled it professionally. He did his job. And I know that people are going to be like, oh, great. Patting him on the back for doing what you're supposed to do. Like the old Chris Rock bit, right? Giving people credit for shit they're supposed to do. But what I'm saying, though, is that you know he's not happy with the situation being asked to come off the bench. But as a vet, it's something that he's done before, obviously. And in this instance, you know, you could take some ownership off of that, right? You could take some ownership of leading that bench unit. And the other part is because he's done this for so long, he knows it's not about who starts the game. It's about who finishes the game. And there's a world in which you still get your same minutes. There's a world in which you're playing well. You'll get to finish the games. And also you're on the floor. You're the floor general. No longer do you have to be on the floor all the time with Pascal and Scotty and be looking to them. You can just go and play your game. And nine points, 10 assists, four of six shooting. I think he just did a really good job on focusing in on ball movement and getting the right people, the right shots. And listen, when, when the move happened for Dennis Schroeder, you know, most people thought he was going to come off the bench. We thought there was a chance he could start, but obviously he's been a backup for a lot of his career. He He's floated back and forth between starting and coming off the bench. So it's a role that he's used to. It's a role that he's thrived in before. And so, hey, 
see how it goes. And after one night, so far, so good. As the Raptors win 132-102 to 102 against the Washington Wizards, Raptors come up with a massive, massive, massive victory, a much-needed victory as they were struggling in the month of December. So they got a couple games left before the new year. And, you know, hey, got to give them credit as the Raptors just did their thing in blowing out. And I mean blowing out the Washington Wizards by 30 points and good signs all around. A lot of talk of Scotty moving to point guard, but I also think Pascal Siakam, you know, gives him a lot more usage, which could be the key to unlocking some more success for the tandem of your two best players in terms of Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. Siakam, as mentioned, leading the team in assists in this game with 11. So a solid start, but, you know, more on the way as the Raps got a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. They play Boston and then Detroit. We all know about Boston. We all know what they're about as they are a beast. I don't know if you caught their, their game on Christmas against the Lakers, but that team, when they got everyone in that lineup and all five guys, like you're looking at Drew Holiday and saying that Drew Holiday is their what? Four, fourth best player? <laughs> right? Like Derek White's really good, by the way. Derek White, I'm watching him like, why did Boston get Derek White? Why couldn't anyone else have traded for Derek White? Because he's really good. Either way, though, I just think you're looking at the Raps team and you have a back-to-back against Boston and Detroit. Boston, you just want to give them a good go. The Raps have shown at points this season And even the last game they played against Boston, they kept it close, right? They kept it very respectable. They gave them a go. And I think that's what you want. And you've seen spurts of the Raptors playing up to their competition, being ready for a big boy game like that. And then, of course, you got Detroit lurking, who is on like the worst losing streak in the history of the NBA. And I know there's a lot of people, you see a lot of media types and on the Twitter sphere, people talking about the Raptors. The Raptors could be a game that the Pistons win. I'm here to tell you the Raptors are not losing that game to the Pistons. It's not happening. They're going to blow out the Pistons. The Pistons Pistons are not a good team, right? And I'm not saying that the Raptors are the best team in the league by any stretch, but the Pistons are a team that are pretty easy to, to like play against. Like they could have won that game against the Brooklyn Nets. Cade Cunningham went off. Cade was a beast. And yet down the stretch, they just couldn't run a proper offense. It was just all mid-range jumpers that they were missing from in and around the elbow. Constant missing of floaters in the lane or mid-range jumpers, not running real offense. And yeah, that's not going to get it done in the NBA. And especially now, where you're seeing a lot of people make this point, as your losing streak becomes higher and higher, worse and worse, the teams that you're now playing against are going to be on guard because they don't want to be the team that ends the streak. So it's a tough place for the, the Pistons to be at right now. It's a very tough place. And I know, as mentioned, people are have the Raptors there. Nah, I'm, I'm not buying that at all. Either way, though, we'll be here to discuss And I mean, people can run this clip back or, you know, we'll sit and discuss another Raptors win, but either way, happy to be able to discuss a Raptors win 
right after the holiday season or right after Christmas, you know, and I appreciate all the people that stopped in to listen to this. I know it came to you live a little later than normal, but don't worry. We'll be back at the normally scheduled program time of right after the Toronto Raptors game. We are live on Instagram and on Twitter and on YouTube. Just search for Canada Hoops Daily on all those platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you're ever watching the video, bless us with a like, bless us with a share. That's how you spread the word that is this Raptors post-game show. Same thing goes for the people listening to the podcast on your morning commute, maybe while you're walking the dog, maybe while you're going for a jog. We got you covered there as well. All we ask for is rate us, review us, a like, a subscribe, all that fun stuff. That's how you support this, the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. I thank you all so much for tuning in, especially on nights like this when the Raptors win, especially on nights like this when, hey, the pod comes to you a little late, but just know we're always here for you, Raptors fans, because this is a Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. As you know, and as I hope you know by now, the live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. A lot more coming to you from the Canada Hoops Daily brand. Make sure you stay tuned. This is the first of many projects to come from the Canada Hoops Daily brand. So make sure you're following all the accounts. Make sure you're telling all your friends. Because, listen, as we close out 2023, 2020, I mean, maybe I'll do this on like the, the New Year's, the New Year's Eve game. Oh, no, I guess it would be, what, the 30th? not New Year's Eve, but you know, maybe I'll do that on, on that game and, and discuss just what a year it's been. Cause it's been a great year for Canada basketball on all levels. But you know, as I look forward to 2024, there's just more hoops on the way. So get in now on the Canada hoops daily brand, because we are building up this community to be bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger, because we know that there are a lot of basketball fans out there that want more hoops coverage we want to be able to deliver it to you so thank you for being a part of this the first iteration of content coming from the canada hoops daily brand and yeah stick around because there's more to come thank y'all for tuning in make sure you follow me on the app formerly known as twitter at shell alexander we got football picks coming football picks are still doing okay you know we're heading into this season i'm into the postseason soon I'm still okay. My Niners took a tough loss, but I'm all right. Stay tuned to that. You'll see the, the the picks coming out there. Lots of stuff still going on. We've got the challenge pod going on as well. DBP pod is up and running. Lots going on on the On Blast Network. Really appreciate y'all for supporting that over the years. But of course, anything you want from me, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. That's how you find me. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.